1989, I arrived in Chicago for the first time on a road to discovering my new home. 30 years later, I'm leaving Chicago for the desert. I'm Don Hall. Welcome to Peculiar Journeys. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn So get those stakes up higher There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there They're all living the devil may care And I'm just a devil with love to spare So Viva Las Vegas Viva There is a lifelong cross I bear. It is that of my temper. More friendships cast aside, more professional bridges burn, more people I think fondly of who want nothing to do with me are a result of me losing my shit and anger than almost any other factor. That said, I've come a long distance from allowing my emotions to get away from me, which is why when I went from zero, calm, sense of humor, looking for fun ways to dialogue, to 60 inches from stomping someone's skull into a pulpy bloomhouse mess, it shook me up. To be frank, it's become so uncommon for me to go to the seeing red damn the consequences place that when it happened, I was more embarrassed than anything else. Also grateful the team at the casino had my back. It was a Sunday afternoon in the casino. I decided to take some time to snap up some photos of the place in order to convince my general manager to let me do some grassroots internet marketing to drum up some new business. I went over to the west end of the bar to take a long shot from bar level. Seated alone on the cap of the bar was a guy, mid-40s, bald in that I chose baldness and shaved my head sort of way, Middle Eastern in complexion. He was in front of a video poker machine but was not playing. He had an empty pint glass that had had beer in it maybe 30 minutes ago but hadn't been refilled. What are you doing that for? Oh, hey. I'm just trying to get some promotional shots of the place to encourage more people like you to come in, play some slots, have a drink, and relax here. Yes, when managing the casino floor, being upbeat and encouraging return patronage is a part of the gig. He stared across the bar. Montana is a much better to gamblers than Vegas is. Really? I've never been to Montana. Why do you suppose that's the case? In Montana, they don't have all these whores and he indicated the two female bartenders on the far side of the bar serving drinks. What? Did I hear that right? He continued, and all these niggers in here, and the whole city is run by Jews. Now, it's rare to make me speechless. I mean, incredibly rare. His words, soaked in malevolence and disgust, caught me off guard. It was definitely not what I expected. Unsure of how to respond, I stammered, uh, excuse me? It's run by Jews. This place is owned by Jews who only want to steal your money. These things, he poked his finger on the screen of the video poker game in front of him. These things are made by Jews to thieve money from people. Jews own everything around here. His tone was measured and quiet, but his ideas were screaming in my face. I felt that Irish and Southern anger start to simmer, my neck getting hot. I knew from experience my neck was filling with blood and it was turning dark red as the indicator that I'm truly getting pissed. Wow, wow, whoa. That is some hefty anti-Semitism you got there, buddy. Who owns this place? Well, Stations is owned by Italians. Same as Jews. I could feel my sense of humor shut down. So much poisonous thought in such a short time, delivered in a monotone, matter-of-fact manner, was just more than my brain could process. I tried to steer things you know, out of these racist weeds. 
well, it sounds like you don't care too much for Vegas. I'm from Chicago. Chicago's got a rough reputation, and sure, there are bad things about the place, but after 30 years there, I, I can say that there are also amazing and wonderful things about Chicago. I imagine Vegas is the same. Some bad things, some good things, and you get to choose what you want to look at. Not well, like small towns. Women are friendly. People are friendly. These whores don't give a shit about you here. All the foreigners here stink up the place. My balance was starting to wobble. Okay, I've, I've been in plenty of small towns. I figure people are the same everywhere. Like Vegas, everyone can be selfish and tolerant assholes or a kind soul. It just depends on who they want to be on any given day. You worship money, right? Uh, no. Yes, you do. Or you worship being liked by people. No, again, you worship Al Capone. Jews and niggers making people play these things and stealing their money. His words just became noise. As I started to see red creep around the edges of my eyes, I knew this feeling. The Hulk rage was taking over. My left eye twitched. My hands were curling into fists. And I wanted more than anything just to slam this fucker's face into the bar. I knew that I was walking a thin line between keeping my job or jumping on this guy like a rabid chimpanzee. I mean, it had been decades since I'd felt this violent. And like an alcoholic staring into a shot glass awry, it was both enticing and horrifying. Why are you looking into my eyes? He demanded. If I'm such a loser, why don't you watch those faggots playing football instead? Are you a faggot? You're a faggot. And it was his use of that word that broke the spell I was under for just a moment. Did he, did he just call me a faggot? I mean, all of his racism and sexism and xenophobia, it was the addition of the dumbest insult he could muster, as if by calling me a faggot would be the height of offense, that the utterance of the word almost made me laugh. I mean, this was an over-the-top cocktail of intolerance. Yeah, with all due respect, you have a very narrow view of humanity that I do not share, and I think it's best we could discontinue this conversation. I hope you have a better day than you're having, but I'm going to go do my job. And I walked away. Fuck you, he half sang and flipped me off. I quickly walked to the security podium. The, the, the officer on duty could see I was cranked up about something. Do me a favor, okay? Keep an eye on the guy at the end of the bar. He's not drinking anymore. He's not gambling. If he talks to another guest the way he just spoke to me, it's going to go bad. As I was saying this, doing my damnedest to keep my cool, he approached me from behind. He called me a loser. I have a room here, and this man called me a loser. I turned a bit too quickly, clenching my fists at my side. Sir, I'm finished talking to you. I'm going to continue going about my business, and I suggest you do the same. I did not call you a loser, nor would I, despite your grotesque views of the world. Please, and I looked him dead in the eyes as if to let him know and see that he was on the precipice he did not want to leap from. Please do not follow me. And I walked away. Again, he followed me. I was teetering on the edge of a berserker rage, broadcasting to my brain that the only relief would come if I broke his jaw. I turned once more, not quite knowing if I was going to deck him. Dude, if you say another word, I'm having you escorted off the property. You call me a loser. I exploded. And you called me a faggot, and I want you the fuck off my fucking casino floor now! 
And at that moment, another security officer rounded the corner. She'd never seen me angry. I'm known by some on the staff as Buff Ned Flanders, and being upbeat and positive is sort of my go-to approach. So she tapped me on the shoulder and said, I have this. Thank you. When I'm gone, when I'm evicted from the hotel and off the property, I walked out the door, shaking with anger, and bummed a cigarette from one of my engineers. Once I calmed down and this asshole was booted from the place, I was filled with embarrassment. I'd lost my mind in the heat of outrage and almost lost my job for beating up another grown man. I, I spent the rest of the day going over and over the exchange, trying to figure out ways I could have handled it better. I found out he'd been staring at one of the bartenders for the better part of 40 minutes and she was creeped out but hadn't said anything. One guest, who was witness to the back and forth at the bar, let me know he was a security officer at another property. I asked him how he would have handled it. And his sum up was that no matter what I did or said, this guy was looking for a beating from somebody. I just happened to engage him, so he went for it. Later that evening, I was talking to the incoming manager, a more experienced veteran of Las Vegas. In Montana, they don't have all these whores. And he indicated the two female bartenders on the far side of the bar serving drinks, I recapped. Gone. As soon as I heard that, I'd get him out of here. It was the one thing that hadn't occurred to me. And trying to wrestle with my own demons and do my best to reasonably have a dialogue with a racist, sexist, xenophobic homophobe, it hadn't even dawned on me to boot him as soon as he started his game. Oh, I said. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. I forgot I could do that. I figure people are the same everywhere. Like Vegas, everyone can be a selfish, intolerant asshole or a kind soul, and it just depends on who they want to be on any given day. I, I mean, I truly believe that. I know there have been plenty of instances in my life when I chose to be an asshole. I'm trying to make the other choice more often than not. Some days are harder than others to make that choice. Part of my job as an operations manager in a casino is to encourage people to use and get their boarding pass, their player's card. And the player's card keeps track of points. The way our casino works is that the points, as you accrue points, you get amenities. That's sort of how the casino business works. Well, the wild, wild west doesn't have lots of amenities. So one of the things that we do is we offer, as you play, you accrue points. As you get points, you can redeem those points for free play, for cigarettes, for gas, for food. Uh, eventually, if you get a lot, you can redeem it for free hotel rooms, that kind of stuff. And so as I go through and I see people playing um, on the machines without a card, part of my job is to uh, talk to them, engage and uh, encourage them to get a player's card. Well, one day I was walking around, uh, looking at the machines, making sure all the machines were functioning, checking on people, making sure that our regulars were having a good time, if anybody needs drinks, that kind of thing, just kind of engaging. And I see a guy kind of heavy set, uh, probably in his 50s, and he's wearing a ball cap, he's got a beard, and he's playing uh, a Buffalo machine with no player's card. So I walk over and I say, hey, I noticed you got no player's card. Um, are you from around here? Well, he's a trucker. 
His name's Mike. And he's a trucker. He's a mover. He works for a moving company out of Pittsburgh. And he's a trucker. And we get a lot of truckers because we have a truck plaza right next to the, the casino. It's part of the casino. And he's just in for the, you know, like four or five days uh, doing some stuff. And so we get into a conversation. I mentioned that my wife is from uh, Pennsylvania. And we talk a little bit about Pennsylvania. He talks about his family business and that he's been in the, his family has been in the business of moving people cross country for decades. And this is a legacy for him. And so we really get to a really good conversation. He's a really nice guy. I convince him to get a player's card. He gets the player's card. He's feeling pretty good about it. Um, I make sure he gets a drink. And quite frankly, I'm doing my job in that he is continuing to gamble and he's having a really good time. So we have a couple more moments as I'm walking around where we talk and we say things and we mention things about Pennsylvania, Harrisburg, where my uh, mother-in-law lives, home PA. He knew home PA, which is where my wife grew up. Uh, we talked about Chicago. We talked about cold weather versus hot weather. We talked at the time it was uh, the height of summer and we talked about how goddamn hot it gets in the desert. And then at one point he says, well, I think I'm going to go get some food. And he walks away. You know, he closes out his thing, cashes out his ticket, heads to the Denny's. Well, I'm continuing to go around. Probably, uh, probably a good half hour later, um, I see another guy. He's sitting at the bar and he doesn't have a player's card. And so I engage on him and his name is Tony. And he's also in the moving business. Now he's from LA, based in LA, and has been in part of a moving company for years and years and years. And I mention, just in passing, said, oh, that's so funny because I met a guy, and I say his name, Mike, and his last name. And I said, and he's part of, you know, he's been, I guess he's part of a family business. And he goes, Mike? He said, Mike's here? And I said, oh, you know Mike? Well, that's a small world. He says, I grew up with Mike. I worked for his family. Um, we, we were like best friends when we were 14. I haven't seen him in years. He's here? I said, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think he was eating, but uh, yeah. And so I walk around looking. I go into the Denny's. He's not in the Denny's. And, uh, you know, Tony's still sitting at the bar playing video poker. And then I see Mike walking. I don't know where he was going, but I, I yell at him. I said, Mike. I said, I think you've got a friend over here. And as I point to Tony, Mike and Tony see each other. And it's obvious that, first of all, they have great affection for each other. And second of all, they, they really haven't seen each other in years. And, and Mike runs literally trots over and Tony leaps from the bar and they just give each other this big, burly dude hug and you can see there and so immediately they go over and sit down at the bar and they're talking so I make sure that uh, they get a couple of comp drinks and they're just having a great time and you can see they're catching up in ways that they just, just totally unexpected and later um, I mean, I'm just you know happy to see that later on Mike comes over and is just effusive he's so excited he couldn't believe that Tony was there that he hadn't seen him since kids he starts telling me stories about what kind of hijinks they got up to when they were kids and how excited he was to see him and that they had made uh, some connection and that they were gonna work together again and I thought that is really awesome 
And probably another 45 minutes later, I run into Tony outside and he tells me the same thing. Just like, and they both feel like I made the connection for them. And I don't think I really made the connection for them. But as a casino manager, you know, my job is to just pay attention to people and listen to people and kind of do that. I, I'm still kind of blown away by that, that, that this sort of bizarre rekindling of uh, what, what you probably define as a long gone relationship got rekindled in a tiny casino um, on the edge of the Las Vegas Strip. And it's one of the things that I think is the most interesting about Las Vegas. It is a destination city. It's a tourist city. It's a place people just come to because it has its reputation and it's a place to vacation and it's a place to kind of get a little wild. But what's really interesting about that is because so many people come to this place that when they find out someone that they knew or know or you know had some sort of relationship with are in town, it's a place they can congregate. It's that strange hub. And it's why I believe on some fundamental level that while Las Vegas is known as Sin City and it's you know casinos and it's gambling and it's vice, it is also one of the most international cities I've ever lived in. And I feel like the casino is truly a distillation of the American dream in that we have people from all walks, from all nationalities, from all ethnicities, from all economic classes, all mashed in to this city, to this long street that has a city surrounding it. And it truly, those are the moments um, while working in the casino that I can go, I'm in the right place. Security to MOD. The voice on the radio hanging from my hip squawked. We have a guest opportunity over by the rewards kiosk. Quick clarifications. MOD stands for manager on duty and is the day-to-day -day title of all five managers we have on the tiny casino property. I'm the sports book manager, but when I'm on shift, I am managing all five of our areas of business. Sports book, slots and beverage, marketing cage, and the truck plaza across the street. And a guest opportunity is casino speak for a customer problem. I like seeing it as an opportunity as it is given, it is, it's, it's my chance, see, to confront the problem someone's having and turn it into a positive if I can. This particular opportunity looked like Kevin Federline post Britney, white, bad tattoos everywhere, a ball cap slightly tilted sideways and a blank stare in his eyes. He was holding two pick and play tickets. Yeah, done. He read my name tag. It's still a bit weird that as soon as the guests can see your name, they speak to you with a familiarity as yet unearned. I did the football picks for this thing, and now I can't cash them out. Ah. Well, Kevin, I replied as I looked at the tickets with his name on them. These are your picks for football games being played next week. You haven't won anything until the games have been played. Also... This promotion doesn't pay back cash, but free play. So if you win next week, it will just show up on your card. Oh. 
I don't have time to wait until next week. Is there any way I, I cash them out now? Sorry, then you're doesn't work that way. Your picks are your prediction of the winners of these, what's so 16, 16 games. You don't get a payout until those games have been played. Does that make sense? He shuffles his feet, thinking hard. Okay, I get that. I just thought, I guess I'm going to go gamble. But I didn't get any free play when I signed up for the card. Well, we don't give free play for signups. I mean, some properties do that, but we just we have different promotions. So, I mean, for example, if you use your card and you play the slots, you rack up points. Those points can get you free drinks, free cigarettes, free gas. Anyway, I could get some now. No, you, you got to play some first. Okay, I got a dollar, so I'm gonna go play and get some free drinks. You have free drinks when you play, right, Kevin? Um, before you head over there and then yell at one of my servers when they refuse you free drinks, I need to tell you that you're not going to get comp drinks for playing a dollar. I mean, you got to play a little bit more than that to get a comp drink. But that's how it works. You play and you get free drinks. A real casino gives you free drinks. I, I hate to break it to you, but no casino, real or otherwise, is going to comp you drinks on one dollar of play. Play at 20 and you might get a beer out of us, but nothing for a dollar. Kevin shrugs. He walks away to play a single dollar. I go about the business of working the floor. 30 minutes later. Security to MOD, that guy you were talking to earlier wants to talk to you about the rewards kiosk. Kevin holds up his phone. It's a screenshot of his player's card account from the app. Hey, see, I got 21,000 points. Can I get some drinks or something? You managed to get 21,000 points? God damn you. One possibility I see is Reed Bar on South Main Street. Fuck. Security to MOD. That guy you were talking to earlier wants to talk to you at the rewards kiosk? Kevin holds up his phone. On it is a screenshot of his player's card account from the app. Hey, see... I got 21,000 points. Can I get some drinks or something? You managed to get 21,000 points in 30 minutes on $1? <laughs> I find that difficult to believe. He thrusts the phone into my face. But it says it right here. Kevin, I, I don't want to insult your integrity. But I have players who bet $800 a spin who couldn't get 21,000 points in a half an hour. Let's check your card and see your points. The phone comes back up. But it's right here. I take the card, put it in the system. Zero points. I show him the screen and the remarkable lack of 21,000 points. It's right here on my phone, man. Kevin, again, not to insult you, but that's the laziest, most uninspired scam I've seen to date. I can take my phone, take a screenshot, use the shot, make the, use the markup, and I can add numbers. I mean, I'm not... Certainly not the savviest of managers, but that point is just too obvious and just, dude, too dumb. He puts the phone into his back pocket and shuffles his feet. You're not mad at me, are you? No, no. I'm going to ask you to move on from the casino unless you miraculously have more than one dollar. I mean, you got to play to stay, my friend. Kevin shakes my hand as to say no hard feelings and splits. 45 minutes later, I'm, I'm doing a property walk. And I spy Kevin walking through the hotel, checking doors to see if they're unlocked. Kevin! I bark. Now you have to get off the property. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. I watch him stiff leg across the street and into the night looking for some place that will buy into his con. The other managers chastise me some for being too nice. I may be too nice, but I'm far from stupid. Peculiar Journeys is a storytelling podcast. For previous seasons, you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or online at donhall.vegas slash podcast. To support Peculiar Journeys, please review the show on Apple Podcasts, share it with your friends or on social media, or go to patreon.com slash peculiarjourneys and become a VIP patron by tossing me a few bucks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.